On August 7, 2007, Corin Veronica Ann Rainey goes to Kings Park in Perth, Australia. Unbeknownst to her husband, Lloyd, she never returns from her Western line dancing class. Seven days later, she is found upside down, head first, in a shallow grave. You're listening to the Mysterious Brews podcast. And tonight we bring you the story of Corn Rainy. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement somewhere in the bowels of Georgia. We're welcoming Mr. Rob back from Cigar Story. It's Rob, how you doing this evening? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me back. I had a ball last time. I did too, man. I'm glad to get back in here and do it again. We had some good feedback on our uh, Black Cat episode. We got some conversations started. I've got plenty of uh, messages from people all over the place, even as far as Australia. Miss mm. Cody Ryan commented and said that uh, she knew of some people down there in Australia that had a Black Cat sightings. And so I think the general consensus from our fans were, it's probably the, the illegal pet trade. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. And, and, un- and, and un- how crazy is it that Australia is so isolated, like on the other side of the lower part of the world, and they have the same issue. So it's, that's got to be what it is. Yeah, and it's not like the alligator flushing alligators down the toilet. In the they, ain't sw- they ain't swimming to Australia. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, that ain't happening. <laughs> no, they ain't. <laughs> oh, man. But that was a good episode. I got a lot of good feedback. We did have a five-star review. I do not have the user of such, but it says the title was Best Podcast Ever. Five stars. This is my favorite podcast I have ever listened to. If I could give it 10 stars out of 10, I would. I recommend this podcast to anyone who listens to podcasts, even if they don't like true crime. I started listening to the Aaron Hedges Missing 411 case, and I have been hooked since. Arlo and the coach are awesome and have an awesome friendship and remind me of my family. Well, that's probably not good if I would remind your family, <laughs> especially if you're from the South. That was sweet. <laughs> Aaron Hedges is one of the most jacked up 411 cases I have ever seen. And if you've not heard of that case, check our episode on him out and then check out Missing 411, The Hunted on Amazon Prime. He is one of the featured stories in there, and it is crazy, crazy what he went through. You heard the pop of the top, and we tried one time to drink Foster's, and I just forgot how nasty that shit really is. (laughs) (laughs) And so I didn't even try it this time. And people from Australia think it's nasty too, so we're not hurting anybody's feelings down there in the penal colony. From one penal colony to another, since Georgia was a penal colony, there's no disrespect. It's just having fun with you blokes down there. Are we talking about... Penises today? <laughs> penal colonies. Oh, penal. Not oh. penis. Okay, all right. I was like, I didn't read anything about <laughs> penises when I was researching this. <laughs> I thought you said was doing murder. Wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. Oh, man. I don't know. In our podcast, we talk about homemade crass, uh, castrations. Yeah. So. Or better yet, don't go near the river otters. Please don't. Especially if you're dead. Did you get that video? Yes. Did you see how big those are? And the crocodiles, like, give them a big birth. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean they they these things surround surround this crocodile, and it's like snapping at him, and they're like sneaking it behind him. They're gonna hump him to yeah, death. Yeah, well after he's dead, <laughs> whenever we finish eating, we're fucking it. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, that's all of the BS. So we're gonna dive into this one. Corn Veronica and Da Silva was born in Africa to Indian parents in 1963. She grew up in Uganda during the brutal reign of, and I'm going to butcher this, but forgive me, Idi Amin. I like it. Before her family moved to Australia in 1973 as refugees. Corn excelled at the Rosemoyne Senior High School and studied law at the University of Western Australia, where she also became involved in the Christian youth movement. In her free time, she enjoyed watching Australian rules football, and she was a regular at boot scooting classes, wow. which is in the States called Western line dancing. That's how uh, you probably meet your significant other. I, I saw it coming, and I at, uh, did not take a drink of that. At, at your uh, annual family reunion. Oh, We're not talking about Mississippi no. or Alabama. South state New York, for that matter. That's true. <laughs> oh, Lord. I never did say what we were drinking. I just said we weren't drinking Foster's. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm... I'm uh, Washing down his Chick-fil-A. Well, I'm choking down a Chick-fil-A sandwich with a, a lemonade, which has nothing to do... It, it could be old lemonade. It could be fermented. There may be some alcohol content to it. It's a little twangy. Oh, man. We're going with uh, the old tried and true Miller Lite. Because uh, that's what was at the gas station, and I didn't have a lot of money. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to the story. Corin was an articled clerk with the Australian government's solicitor's office when she met her husband, Lloyd Rainey. He was a junior lawyer at the time. Now, there's a lot of different terms that the Australians use that basically we will try to correlate to what it is in the States, but... Together, they built, her and Lloyd, a seemingly, on the outside, perfect life and respected separate senior legal roles and had two beautiful daughters. In 2007, Corn was earning more than $200,000 a year. Sugar mama? Yes, as a Supreme Court registrar. Now, that is similar to a Supreme Court judge here in the state. Oh, her name hit the front of the pa- front page of the Western Australian newspaper when she presided over a bankruptcy proceeding against a real estate agent who swindled more than five hundred thousand from his clients. That's a lot of money. I'd buy a lot of Fosters. <laughs> it would be. It would buy a lot and of meat fosters. pies and meat pies and a didgeridoo. <laughs> oh me! Everything seemed like something out of a fairy tale. However, behind closed doors. You know we all got them skeletons in our closets. There were fractures, according to one article, that was ripping through the marge. With Lloyd at one point spending 18 months on a work stint in the Caribbean while Corin stayed in Perth with their children. How do I convince my wife to let me How do you swing go? that deal? 18, a year and a half, you're in the crib. Sorry, honey, I can't come home. Shit, give me a week. I'll be good. 18 months? After 18 days, I would be divorced. 
Oh, no. I wouldn't leave the house. You'd be doing a podcast on how I disappeared. That's exactly Somehow, what happened. his wife was in the States, and he fell off an island. <laughs> <laughs> she killed him in self-defense. Shot him 18 times in the back. With a six-shot revolver. <laughs> <laughs> so by the middle of 2007, Corin and Lloyd had basically become cohabitants of the same house. Although they were still living together in the same home with their children, rumors of infidelity, gambling, and property disputes swirled around Lloyd. Now we get into the last known day of Corn's whereabouts. Let's go. One more thing. If I married a woman that's making 200 k a year, I wouldn't even so much as fart in public to make her mad. No. I'm, I'm walking the line. Like, please don't, please, please don't let me die. Please don't kick me to the curb. I'll lick the dishes clean. If you want me to iron the clothes wearing a, one of those little feisty little aprons with nothing else, I'm doing it. Ashless chaps, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what an idiot this guy was. I mean, he wasn't too much of an idiot. He went to the Caribbean for 18 months on her dime. I don't see how he swung that one. And how the, here's my question. How, and he, we'll get into his profession and he's kind of like a, a, a mastermind civil, criminal well that too but a civil defense <laughs> lawyer but he how do you how do you get why do you have to travel from australia to the caribbean first of all that is not a short trip no and second of all what case will t- take you 18 months to research on site i mean this ain't the oj murders no I mean, it's not that complex. But this is similar to OJ in Australia, yeah, though. It is. Oh, Lord. All right, so the last time anyone saw Corn was when she left her boot scooting class at Bentley Community Center about 9.30 p.m. on Tuesday, the 7th of August of 2007. She had told several people she'd be meeting with her husband, Lloyd, at their home in Como to discuss financial information to do with their separation. She believed that he was gambling and having affairs, but was willing to stay with him for the sake of their children if he would come clean about his financial situation. That ain't happening. No. It's not that. She was in a good mood, according to people that were at her class, because he had been delaying this meeting for a while, but had promised that they were going to hash out the details that night. All right, so let's pause there for a second. We're in the age of, you don't stay together for your kids. No. Because That's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, they all they already know, despite what you think. Those kids know. Yeah. And it could be just something as, you know, they picked up on the fact that you go to bed at a different time than mom or dad. Our dad's gone 18 months to the Caribbean without Fucking us. Caribbean. We're not Son even, of a bitch. We're not even <laughs> FaceTiming his ass. He didn't even send me a sand dollar. You missed a birthday. <laughs> you missed two he birthdays. He missed Christmas and birthdays. 18 months. Yeah. He could have missed two Christmases. Yeah, he could have. Lazy bastard. <laughs> it's a genius. Well, that's true. Uh, alleged a, bastard. Alleged I'm sorry. bastard, maybe. Maybe. Allegedly he, genius. Maybe. Status. Yes. <laughs> so, Corn's oldest daughter had gone out to a concert with friends and was dropped off at home between 10 30 and 11 p.m. On, this is still August the 7th. Did she go say minute work? Oh, that would have been funny. Or the Eurythmics. Or midnight oil. How do we sleep while the beds are? Oh, God. Oh, Lord. <laughs> now, here's the kicker. 
They let her go to a concert on a school night. <laughs> There's no way. And I think she was, I think I read somewhere the oldest one was 13 at this time. So anyway. Yeah, I'm not dropping my 13-year-old off at uh, a concert on a school night. She ain't even going to Walmart. No. Now, Lloyd invited the oldest daughter's friends in, but they said no because it was a school night and they had to get home. So the younger daughter had already gone to bed by the time the oldest one got home at 11. In the morning, the girls asked where their mom was at as they were getting ready for school. Lloyd said she must have gone into work early. Strike one. Mm -hmm. Strike one. He left messages on her work phone about picking up the kids from school. Covering his tracks. And sent an email about her missing their meeting the night before. You're going to email your wife? Yeah. Not call her and go, hey, where the yeah, you can text her, bitch, we're trying to get divorced. Yeah. Where you at? You said you wanted this fucking meeting, and I'm sitting here by myself. <laughs> Looking like a fool. I could be in the Caribbean right now. I could be at a concert with my daughter. <laughs> Love midnight oil. <laughs> About 11.30 a.m., his office called while he was in court saying that Corin's work had called, asking where she was at because she had missed an appointment. Again, odd. Every bit of it just smells fishy. Something's fishy. Yeah. After calling friends, colleagues, and family, Lloyd went to her office and asked for police to be present while he checked her calendar and email for clues about where she might be. Strike two. Strike two. two. <laughs> He's being too careful. So by 2.30 p.m., he was at a police station with his sister and Corn's father to report her missing. So we're looking at, it's not been 24 hours but there's just, we'll get into more of his story, but it's just odd behavior. Everything is screaming. This dude is guilty. As fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or AF, as the kids say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as the hipsters. <laughs> yeah, it's all, everything, every arrow's pointing at something's fishy and he's up. He's, he's involved. Yeah. He's casting lines. So at 5.30 p.m., a detective arrived arrived at the rainy house to speak to Lloyd, the kids, and Corn's sister, Sharon, along with her family. The detective asked about her wallet and passport, which both turned out to be missing. She didn't usually take her wallet with her to boot scooting classes. I can't say that without giggling. But maybe to the Caribbean she did. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he took his. <laughs> They looked for clues about whether or not she had actually been home the night before or during the day, but it did not seem like she had. So here's my question. They're saying that she doesn't take her wallet with her to her line dancing classes. Their laws must be different about driving. Driving without, a, without an ID? Yeah. Now, I, I, think, I, think the, um, I don't think the place where she took classes were, was very far from where they lived. But my thing is, the passport, what led detectives, I could, okay, let me back up. I could see detectives asking where her wallet and passport, passport were at if they thought she'd left the country. Mm -hmm. But why ask for it when they're at her house and you know she was last seen leaving a line dancing place where she, no one ever sees her with her wallet? It just seems strange to me. You, you ever notice, like, not to jump off, but every every single scenario in the stories that you guys cover, 
and the ones that we've done before is always a botched investigation. Like it is like it is synonymous with every missing person case. The the investigation is completely botched. So uh, this one doesn't surprise me. No. And it's like, I mean, you get, you know, we've referenced it, but OJ, they fucking screwed the pooch oh, on that one. Yeah. I mean, and then you're looking at this one, they get blinders on later. You'll see how they just become laser focused. And my thing is, you know, when we talked about, what was it on the crossover with <laughs> Welcome to Skidmore? Oh, yeah. About how it's just ridiculous about we, how. Just you have so admit, much blatant evidence against a, against someone. If you're in a small situation, town or i don't know how big uh como is but if you're in a small situation call for help hey mm-hmm. i don't know what the fuck i'm doing yeah. i don't want to screw this up bring somebody in get a different set of eyes on yeah it. that's what you need yeah i don't know I, it just amazes me but anyway so on the 15th of august someone living on kershaw street in subaco which is I know that's not right, and I apologize, but reported that there was <laughs> reported that there was a car which might have been abandoned there, and that it, it either is abandoned and you know who it is, or it's abandoned and you don't know who it is. <laughs> right. So it turned out that this car was Corin's, and it had been there for a few days. Coincidentally, her car was found across the street from Perth criminal barrister Mark Trowell's home. And two other well-known criminal lawyers also live on the street. Later, detectives discovered it had been there from about 2.30 p.m. on the night Corin went missing. Now, she went, if I'm not mistaken, she went to class, what, after work? So somehow her car is there before she goes to class, which seems odd. Doesn't make sense. But people see her leaving class, so that... I don't, I'm not too, I don't know about the timeline there. But anyway, her wallet was found inside on the black, the back floorboard and the contents pulled out and tossed around like someone was looking for something. Her boots from the line dancing class were also in the back seat. The car had an oil leak caused by damage to the transmission. It would have been making a horrible noise when it was driven and wouldn't have been able to go much further if the driver hadn't stopped. And from what I read, this is not your normal oil leak. This is gushing. Yeah. And it's so severe that basically police just turn around and follow it back. And they follow it to Kings Park, which is a large area of bushland and parkland overlooking the city center. It seemed to them that the transmission damage was from driving over a not fully lowered bollard. And a bollard is a sturdy, short, vertical metal post in front of a walk trail. And so the way it was described in one article is there's like three metal posts. They're probably yellow with the reflective mm-hmm. tape. And I think the middle one will lay down mechanically so that like the parks can drive golf carts or whatever up through there. But the way they state is either this, someone had tried to lower it or it was raising up and her car dr- drove over it. Do you know what I got from that? Nothing. <laughs> well, actually, I think maybe somebody was going to go get rid of her body in that car, and they hit that thing, and they were worried they were going to be stranded out there in her car with her body in the car. That's a good So point. they got the hell out of there. And then they only made it. And they only made that, it that far. Yeah, that's, yeah. 
That's what I. That's what I gather. Look at you using the old See, noggin. It, it, I don't use it on my podcast, <laughs> but I'll use it on this one because we serve. This is serious sure, shit we're talking sure. about. Now, tucked away in the thick scrub, just off a sand track, and the way this is described is for people in the U.S. Basically, this is just some natural underbrush. In the South, we call it bullshit and briars. Yep. Privet hedges. Yeah. And there's a basically a sandy two-track or, or old logging road, basically. And uh, they unfortunately found corn in a small, what they describe as a bush grave. Now, the kicker is she was partially buried head first. And I know it's not funny, but all I can picture is like uh, Scooby-Doo and somebody's feet just... <laughs> no, what I picture is you got two guys standing there and going, I told you the goddamn hole wasn't big enough, stupid. <laughs> well, we don't got time to dig anymore. She's already in there. Just Cover leave her up. legs up. Cover up. We'll leave her ass showing so she can tell the world to kiss her ass one more time. Before she, before she goes. Geniuses right there. Yeah. Damn it, I told you she was five foot six and you drove This was three foot deep. Three foot, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you just got enough for her shoulders to get in there. I swear to God, this is the last time I asked you to help me bar bury a body. <laughs> oh, Lord. Although the location was hidden, it was not really remote. And so I kind of think like if you had been walking down that path, it's almost like a... Like a walk trail, maybe like a maybe, nature trail, a nature trail yeah. or a hiking trail, or maybe, you know, something, you know, back through a preserve or something like that. And I think if you like, if you walk that trail enough, you probably wouldn't have paid any attention to it. Right. And it's just, you know, some undergrowth and stuff like mm-hmm. that off to the side. But anyway, a hundred meters from the entrance to the sand track, a place card printed with Lloyd Rainey's name on one side and in quotation marks, the queen handwritten on the other was discovered. Now, this place card is believed to have come from a legal dinner held earlier in July. So you're looking about a month and a half. So six weeks earlier, there was a basically a dinner for a bunch of lawyers. Mm-hmm. And it was, the, it was for the Francis Burke Chambers. Now, the Francis Burke Chambers is a type of barrister chambers, which is similar to a law office here in the States. And according to several attendees, the guests, mostly lawyers, played a game to guess the names of celebrities written on the back of the cards. It has been alleged that Lloyd Rainey had driven Corn's car to the dinner that night, so the place card may have been left in her car. Kind of irrelevant, you know, and you wouldn't have thought anything about it. It's kind of like if you went missing today and your receipt from Chick-fil-A is in there, mm-hmm. they're going to make this huge deal. Well, he stopped at Chick-fil-A at- 2.30 in the afternoon. Most people don't eat at 2.30. Well, that's because he had, he was busy and he forgot to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and he was a little dizzy. So I had to get something in my body. But you, you know, know you see what I'm saying? That's the other thing too. You know, you got, there's so many big cases and like little small detail. Things that, details are in the, you know, what is it? What do they say? What is it saying? The devil's in the details. The devil's in the details. So there, sometimes those small things that people overlook are the things that actually find, find it, you know, answers. And in some cases, like you just said, probably had nothing to do with it. No, I mean, there's probably stuff in my truck right now. If it fell out and I went missing later, they'd be like, what the hell is a receipt from 2015 doing in here? <laughs> there's no telling what's in my truck. There's enough grass clippings in there. We could probably, like, resod a, an athletic field. My my truck inside, because, um, you know, I own a roofing company. 
Um, I've got heavy black gloves, some nylon rope, and I've got some gorilla glue you duct tape. This. It's and it's prophylactic, like, are you? And it's like, yeah, no, no. This is the tape, not not epoxy. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, but yeah, I was like, I can only imagine. And I got a ball bat in the back seat, so oh, yeah. I can only imagine if I got pulled over. Like, what's this for? So, uh, <laughs> totally hijacking this podcast. I have to tell this story because it made me think of this. <laughs> so I worked with a guy after college. I was in between jobs, hadn't got a teaching job yet. Down on my luck, and this old guy, well, he was an older friend of ours. And he always like, if you were down and you needed a job, he always had work. And he was, he's brilliant. He's funny as shit too. But <laughs> at the time he was building uh, automated control panels for carpet machines. So somehow he gets a job in Montezuma, Georgia. And for those of you not from Georgia, I don't know how to explain Montezuma. It's not really the armpit or the butthole of the state, but it is nothing. There is nothing in Montezuma, and it is 45 minutes from the interstate. Is that space between? It's south. It's more southwest than it is, but it's more south. I guess if you No, look, no, no. Space between your balls and your butthole. The taint. Is that what it's it the would be? The, the taint of the state. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. They've got a Mennonite colony there that own a restaurant. It's good food. And they sing. Really? And, yeah, while they serve you. And that is some of the best damn food. Like, huh. it's better than Cracker Barrel. Really? Yeah. They got a Chinese place that we didn't don't we didn't eat that. Don't try that. You ain't eating a cat that night. <laughs> they had this, they had, <laughs> it wasn't a 7-Eleven, but it was one of them gas stations that you're not quite sure you would put that gas in your car. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. We walked in, and uh, they had a wash tub, a galvanized tub. Miller High Life, 22 ounces for 75 cents. There may have been 30 of them things in there. And so the guy was like, he had already done the math in his head. He goes, how much for all the beer in the tub? He goes, well, I'd sell you the tub too, but that's my mama's. I have to keep it. And he goes. He's for real? Yeah. He goes, I'll give you $20 for every beer in there. And he goes. I mean, they, like, it was uncomfortable how long the silence was. <laughs> like, he was trying to do the mental math, and he was finally, he was like. Okay, I think that's fire. <laughs> so we stole beer. Basically. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. And so I was like, what are we going to do with these? He goes, I don't know. We just paid $20 for 30, 22-ounce beers. We're going to drink them if we have to. And I was like, no, God, not high life. No, no, no. no. We're in South Georgia and it's July. <laughs> so anyway, we're down there pulling wire. We're rewiring uh, alarms in a food processing plant. So we're in, and this is another reason I don't eat yams. If you food process yams... I cannot explain the the disgusting smell that that comes with that. It's awful. really yeah. So we're having to get in between in the factory. We're having to get in between the catwalk and the tin roof, and we're having to run this wire. Again, it's South Georgia in July. It's four thousand degrees. So I take and it's like a catwalk. So you have to crawl in there. You have to hop your ass up in the catwalk, and then you have to swing your feet up and then crawl on all fours to get. Well, when I swing my feet up. My ass shifts, and I fall. Holy shit. Boom. And so, like, one second I'm up there in the dark looking down. The next thing I'm looking up at the dark, and there's this old guy. Hey, man, you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I can barely breathe, but I'm okay. <laughs> so, anyway, we run out of wire. Well, the closest place is Macon. Yeah. And so, like, we're usually up at five trying to work like hell before it gets 100 degrees. Yeah. 
And so he's like, look, dude, I hate to tell you this, but we're going to have to, we'll have to, we'll probably have to start working about 10 o'clock. And I'm like, it's supposed to be 95 by that time. He goes, I know. I'm going to go to Macon. I said, okay, fuck. And so he goes to Macon. He comes back. He's got the wire. And he's laughing his ass off when he comes in the hotel room. And I said, what'd you do? He said, well, you know how I was out of zip ties? And I was like, yeah. He said, well, after I got the wire, I stopped at Walmart. He said, I got, you know, we're going home tomorrow, right? And I said, yeah. He said, well, I bought uh, two packs of 100 zip ties each. He said, I bought a roll of uh, gray tape, which is duct tape. He said, and then, you know, I've, I've not seen the Mrs. in a while, so I bought me some some lube. Some, oh, God dang. And some, some rubbers, is what he said. <laughs> oh, my God. And I said, please tell me that's not all you bought. And he goes, yep, that's it. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me the right FBI's now. The FBI's on the way. And he goes, oh, man, you should have seen the look on her face. He, She said, honey, do you want these in separate bags? And he said, no, ma'am, they all going to get mixed up later. <laughs> God, look! I swear to God, I've uh, I had stopped at the Family Dollar and I had to buy some duct tape, and I'm standing in line, and I'm looking, and there's Twinkies on the shelf, and I'm like, man, he had a Twinkie since I was a little kid. God, I love them things. So man. I grabbed some Twinkies and I set it up there with my duct tape, and the guy behind the counter goes, well, "That's an interesting combination." I was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm on a date. Hurry up before she wakes up. I got to get out of here." And he's like. <laughs> He's just looking at me like, and I never even cracked his fucking smile. I was like, yeah, dude, my, I'm on a date. Hurry up and get that shit in the bag before she wakes up. And he's just looking at me. There like, may be a murder. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do with those Twinkies? Well, I got to eat something while I taper up. Shit, I might get famished. <laughs> I'm going to hide them. I'm going to hide my, hide my Twinkies. I'm going to suck the cream out of them. <laughs> 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 Duck take the end shut. I always have nicknamed that dude Wolf Knives because uh, he always had on all these rings with wolves on his fingers. And so I just na- I nicknamed him Wolf Knives. That's awesome. And what's up, Wolf Knives? <laughs> what's up, buddy? He's like, look at me. I won a Halloween contest. <laughs> a contest at Halloween. I was Michael Myers. <laughs> did you dress up? He did. And he showed me the pictures. I was like, yeah, you look just like somebody that would kill somebody. probably chase a single woman with a machete and kill her. Oh, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and we've hijacked this whole thing. <laughs> it's okay. Reel it in. <laughs> Reel it in. Quick. All right. So back to the story. So a postmortem exam showed that corn had been killed by damage to the back of her head. She had a previously undiagnosed heart condition. And she had seed pods from a liquid amber tree. I guess that's how you say that. Probably not. It's probably something fucked up. But Did anyway. this just turn into Jurassic Park? I think so. That these seed pods were stuck in her hair. So Corn's cause of death was ambiguously described as, quote, consistent with neck compressions. It is possible that her neck was broken and there were markings to the front of her body and bruising on her back. State prosecutor John Aegis said that Corn died as a result of head, neck, and brain injuries, and her injuries were of a nature that reflected, quote, intention to end life. A forensic medical expert has stated that he could not exclude that Corn had been alive but unconscious mm. when she was buried and then suffocated. Now, I found this highly unlikely. Yeah, because they'd have to, they'd have to be dirt in her lungs or in her throat or... Yeah, yeah. No, in her nasal cavity. And I think that would have been easily disproven or proven. Yeah. Either, they're there, either that dirt's there or it's not. Right. So, now, the odd thing is... 
it was noted in the forensic examination that she had a strange bruise on the tip of her tongue and a chipped tooth. The jokes just would roll in right uh, I know it. I'm, I'm, I digress. Yeah, I know. I'm going to settle my hands on yeah, that one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Bite my tongue. So Detective Sergeant Casilli stated that Corn may have been dragged by the feet whilst on her back because her shirt was, quote, bunched up at the back. No evidence of a sex attack was uncovered, even though her belt was undone and her jeans were unzipped. But since her underwear wasn't disturbed, it was theorized she had not been sexually assaulted. But here's another thing. I don't know how you do things in Australia. There's a thing called, in the States, a rape kit. Yeah. And you can determine whether or not she was sexually assaulted. You don't have to theorize about it. Right. Oh, my God. But anyway. So later, forensic analysis showed scrape marks on her boots, plus microscopic paint chips and soil in her bra straps. So now we get to the rainy home. And what does the Rainies have at their home? Mm, liquid amber trees. You guessed it. Liquid amber trees. And now, supposedly, this is a very common tree in that suburb. But the kicker is, they ain't none of them in that Dow King's Park. Right. And the paint samples match the paving outside the home as well. Although the soil couldn't be ruled in or out, and no drag marks were found when the property was searched two weeks after she went missing. Do you think that's still going to be there in two weeks? No. It's going to rain. It's wet. You know, no way. That's not going to be there in two weeks. Again, you got all, I mean, you've got some pretty damning evidence right there on the body. On the body is consistent with stuff around the home, and yet they can't <laughs> make a determination. But my thing is, you were there looking for her fucking wallet and her passport, and you didn't think to, like, look, look around? around the house. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I, I don't know. I mean, we could spend another podcast on how fucked up the police investigation was. But, again, I digress. So, basically, all in all, the evidence showed that it was pretty likely that she had made it home and was attacked in her front yard, mm -hmm. and then she was taken back to the park. Right. That's what that's what I think. But, again, she did make it to her meeting <laughs> that she was supposed to be at. Yeah. And here's the thing, going back to the bruised tongue and the chip too, someone was telling me, no, 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 wasn't telling me. I was reading, it was either on Web Sleuths or Reddit or one of those. Somebody said that she could have, and they, and this was pretty ingenious because I didn't even think about this, that either she had already been struck and like had just died, and as she was being drugged, her... Something as she's being drugged, her tooth is chipped, like bounces down on her mm -hmm. tongue and chips her tooth, mm -hmm. and that bruises it. Or right before she's killed, and she's kind of unconscious as they're maybe throwing her in that grave. She just bites her tongue and chips her teeth. Yeah, yeah. but the but, but again, you would have wondered if the tongue you should have bit the tip of her tongue off, off right? Yeah. Because if you're unconscious, there's no way to for you to. So that's an odd. Yep. That almost leads you to believe that someone knocked shit out of her. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, did they look and see if she did get punched? That's the other thing. And see, and this is another thing. When we cover cases from other countries, it's hard for us to find the forensic 
Like here in the States, it's not easy to find medical examiner reports, but it's easier for us, for us to find stuff here than it is for me trying to find stuff in Australia. Now I will say this, Miss Cody Ryan, who we, uh, gave a shout out to in the beginning of this podcast about the black cats. Um, she has emailed us some information and we'll probably come back to this, maybe a little follow up. Um, cause I've still not read all of it, but she was saying that the case she felt like didn't get enough attention in Australia. Shout out to all of our Australians. I know that, uh, we give y'all a hard time about being in the penal colony, but, uh, I have empathy for y'all. Y'all are on lockdown again. Hopefully you yeah, binge. Same here, man. Good Lord. Y'all binge all of uh, Cigar Store Idiots podcast episodes and Mysterious Brews podcast episodes. It will definitely help you get through your day. Yes. <laughs> and then we will take a world tour and we'll come to Australia first. You actually will. If you listen to Cigar Store Idiots podcast, you're going to sit in your house and you're going to be in lockdown and quarantine and you're going to hear a few episodes and you're going to be like, man, my life's not so fucking bad. <laughs> This guy's a complete idiot. Man, they were talking about river otters, dolphins, and I just can't look at them the same anymore. <laughs> now, we did interview Jason Ellis, you know, so we, we're big fans of Jason Ellis. So, uh, but yeah, I hope, like, like, uh, like Otto is saying, or Arlo is saying, Otto, Arlo. Arlo yeah, it don't matter. We, we hope everybody is safe and healthy and you like, everything gets back on track for you guys soon because I can't imagine. I can't either. Cody had sent me some pictures of, uh, she's on a coastal town down there and it is absolutely gorgeous down there where she's at. And so she, uh, we, I follow her back on Instagram and she's, I think she has an 11 month old and a three year old or maybe a two year old and 11 month old. My prayers are with her. Same here. Cause I can just imagine being stuck inside <laughs> with both of them. Nope. <laughs> we got some Benadryl. <laughs> yes. See this little pink liquid? I know it tastes a little good. <laughs> We're going to take several naps today. Who wants some bubblegum juice? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. That's right. Who wants some bubblegum juice? Me. Me. <laughs> uh, all right. So now we get into Lloyd Rainey. All right. So it uh, looks like Lloyd Rainey rose through the ranks, uh, becoming a senior prosecutor. And then respected uh, Perth barrister uh, dealing with high-profile criminal cases and civil cases. Um, barristers mostly specialize in courtroom uh, advocacy and uh, litigation. Their tasks include taking cases in superior court and tribunals, uh, drafting legal pleads, uh, researching the, the, the philosophy, hypothesis, and history of law, and giving expert legal opinions. Lloyd Rainey was named the prime and only suspect in September 2007. Reasons for suspicion, including his lack of cooperation to the police and the spiteful breakdown in the Rainey marriage uh, in the discovery uh, with the uh, seed pods in uh, Corinne's hair and... With that, that same exact tree growing in the front yard like you were talking about. Yeah, and that's the other thing that I don't understand. I mean, I know they kind of laser focused in on him, and they really didn't take into consideration anybody else, and we'll get into other suspects later. But right now, just from our standpoint and what we've told so far. And how many ID channels uh, shows I've watched. Yeah. <laughs> and as I'm eating my Cheetos at 2 in the morning, the fucking husband did he it. He did it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's run down the timeline of old Lloyd 
uh, Lloyd's uh, antics. He didn't do himself any favors. He did not. He kind of fucked himself. Uh, Lloyd is charged for unlawful interception uh, of the landline telephone at his home, so he was wiretapping. Lloyd was also, uh, December 8th, 2010, Rainey was charged with uh, willful murder of Corinne. November the 1st, 2012, Lloyd is found not guilty of the murder char- murder he was charged at. Justice Martin found that the case against Mr. Rainey lacked logic and crucial evidence. Uh, no shit, the police botched it all. Yeah. Falling short of proving he murdered his wife. Uh, September 23rd, 2013, prosecutors lose an appeal against Lloyd's acquittal. May the 6th, 2015, Lloyd was found not guilty of arranging the unlawful interception of the telephone at his home. Gotta wonder where his friends were. You know what I mean? Who were his friends? And who was pulling these strings for him? That's my question. And I, Birds of a feather. Yeah. I'm I mean, telling you. And I would love for more of our Australian listeners on either our podcast or yours to reach out to us and kind of help us out with the legal system. I tried to do the best I could trying to figure it out. But down there, is it like it here is here in the States? I mean, if you're part of a law firm, eh, they're going to take care of your dogs. Yeah, you're getting took care of. Yeah. Yeah. Let's even go to uh, March 1st. We all knew this was coming. 2017, Lloyd begins a defamation trial against the state, seeking $11 million in lost earnings and compensations for his aggravated damages, for the distress and anxiety he and his family suffered, and a judgment has not yet been delivered. And it may have by now, but I, again, reached out to Cody. We're just going to make Cody an honorary host from down under. She is awesome when I ask questions about anything in Australia. Awesome. uh, I had reached out to her, and so when we try to, just on the Wikipedia page about corn, there are a ton of articles, but when we click on it here in the States, I get the old error 404, that article's not found. And so she was and is in the process, uh, by the time you hear this, she's researching it more for us, and so this could be a follow-up episode and we we may do that the next time we get together and just hit some high points because i know there's some there's been some updates in some other cases and so we can we can hit some of our high points on this case the other couple of cases and uh just kind of call it a recap show but anyway the decision may have already been made we just i just couldn't find we just don't have the information in front of us yep yeah so and before we get into the actual trial and the appeal dingling Lloyd taps his own phone. I don't see where that's unlawful if you tap your own phone. I don't either. It's kind of like when you're in, like if you're doing construction and you have to get a, in the States, you've got to get um, a permit. But if the homeowner does the work themselves, then the contractor can do the work and not have to get a permit. Right. It doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense why he would tap his own phone and why that would be illegal if he did. And my thing is, are you tapping your own phone? Is it a is it a process where I know they were about to go through a divorce? Are you trying to figure out if she's talking to someone, or is it as innocent as you've got a teenage daughter and she went to this concert? Are you trying to figure out if something happened? I think maybe, and, and here's me trying to be the criminal here. Maybe before he decided to kill her, he was going to try to find some evidence of her stepping out, stepping out on him. So that way he could take, they're both he would show favor in the courts, you know, by 
Because the adulterer is always punished. And if you can prove that in court, the adulterer is always punished, whether it's a male or, male or female. So maybe that was his like, well, if this don't work out, I'll just kill the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's kind of how. And he just didn't how, find anything. He couldn't find anything. Yeah. Well, see, another thing, I guess my, I'm just thinking about my situation. You know, we're not, I'm not making 200000 a year. And if she was, I, this podcast would be a hell of a lot better. No doubt. But we'd have like chimpanzees and tuxedos <laughs> walking around serving like beer serving alcohol in my situation i mean we both make nearly the same but i'm thinking hell they're both probably bringing in close to the same i mean he's he's a barrister and from what i could gather down there i mean he's making probably two hundred thousand. Oh yeah i mean somebody somewhere's going see money doesn't money doesn't buy you happiness maybe not but have you ever seen a sad motherfucker on a jet ski not me. Not me either. You got to have some money to buy one of those. But like the old country song, it'll buy me a boat. That's right. <laughs> and a truck to pull it. And he's a, he, you know what he should have did? He should have found somebody that could fucking dig a deeper hole. Oh, shit. Idiot. It could be like that guy that you referenced in Louisiana. I'll give you 19 gold bars. Yeah. All y'all got to do is kidnap her. Just kidnap her and I'll do the rest. <laughs> Next thing you know, you got two dead people. And your wife yet is soon to be ex-wife. Singing like a canary. Because <laughs> she ain't dead. <laughs> I you know, I actually rethought about rethought that whole that whole uh, story. I actually think that guy probably was gonna have her killed. Like he was gonna kill her. He wasn't gonna rescue her. He was gonna kill her. Gonna have those and those two fucking dummies just couldn't kill her. They killed themselves. Trying to swim in a swamp. Dumbass. In Louisiana. Not smart, boys. Yeah, so, Not smart. So yeah, usually when these people have these uh, these ingenious ideas to get rid of their loved ones <laughs> over insurance money or what have you, well, they're not the smartest group of people. They're smart. They just don't have any common sense. That's the thing. You've got to. I don't. I don't know. I, and I, I, I may guy, incriminate this falling, myself. This guy's falling in the same lines of uh, of being too smart for his own good and not having any common sense. Yeah, I mean. I mean, are you gonna kill some? If you're gonna kill somebody and get rid of them, are you gonna do it at your house? That's what I don't understand. Where you have distinct paint, distinct trees, are you gonna kill them with a tree out of your yard? Oh man, come on! I don't know, man. Take her deep sea fishing, yeah. so, like Dexter. Yeah, weigh, I mean, weigh her down in weigh, the Gulf Channel. Yeah, I mean that's nobody's that's fish food. Yeah. Nothing's gonna nobody's finding that. I'm not saying that I've ever thought of. I it. mean, I, just hypothetically, hypothetically speaking. speaking I mean, <laughs> If I was going to get rid Allegedly. of Allegedly. All right, so here's how fucked up this is. <laughs> I was in high school, and we decided that we could come up with a perfect perfect murder. I've had way too many of them. Perfect murder. Perfect murders. Um, <laughs> we said that you'd get a single-shot pistol like a Derringer and then claim that he was attacked or she was attacked, take the murder weapon, melt it down into an ashtray. See where I'm going? I like it. And Hypo, then, you know, hypothetically, hypothetically speaking, this could work. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm a criminal mastermind by no means. And I'm not saying that I want to go kill someone. I'm just saying that if I was in a position where they ha he had 18 months in the Caribbean, you would think we might have thought this out a little bit better. He had plenty of time to think it over before he came on and actually executed it. Yes. Now, there was an article I read, and before we get into the trial and the appeal and stuff, there was an article that I read that said that while on the surface, Lloyd looks great for this murder. Mm -hmm. Because either A, he's a bumbling dumbass, or he just has shit luck. 
Right. He didn't do himself any favors with the making sure a cop was at her office and uh, telling her kids that, oh, well, mommy, I guess, went to work early. You either know you know, or or, you know where your spouse is. Yeah. You whether know. you're li- sleeping in yeah. the same bedroom or not. Yeah, y'all have that conversation. But the time frame, when you break it down, the time frame, he doesn't have a lot of time to, like, pull this off if he did it. Right. I don't know That's how, why I think it's so sloppy. I, yeah, well, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, he's rushed. But the thing is, like, if we're looking at the oldest daughter... It's kind of like one of those things where you come up with a, a theory. I know who did it. And then you you verbalize it and you're like, well, fuck, that doesn't work because it doesn't take into consideration this. When I was thinking about it. You get out your map, your string, and yeah, your post-it notes. Yeah. <laughs> started, when I was thinking yeah. about it, I was like, well, he had plenty of time. The oldest daughter went to the concert. She's at boot scooting classes. Well, I didn't take into consideration what the fuck you're going to do with the younger daughter. Mm-hmm. So there's the monkey in that plan. Well, then. Just give her the bubblegum juice. Right. <laughs> That's what you did. And then if you wait until the oldest daughter comes home, have you somehow snuck out your youngest daughter? Don't know. You either knocked her out, killed her, and she's in the back of your car. Yep, she's in the trunk. And then the oldest daughter Which comes Which was home. that ever even looked at? Uh, probably not. I mean, come on. And then, so your oldest daughter comes home, you invite her friends in as kind of an alibi. So that's 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And then after that one goes to bed, you sneak out and take the body and dig your... See, there's just like, you can kind of fit it. It almost fits. And then there's this like outlier and you're like, well, fuck, does it really? I mean, could he have done it in 30 or 45 minutes? I don't know. I didn't I didn't f- figure out the distances and I'm hoping um, Cody can come up with some of that stuff for us. But I mean... I like it. I like him a lot for being a dumbass and yep. and not doing it. But you know, the police just well. Like, let's, let's think about this too. Let's think about the the professions that they're both in, and she's put several people in jail. Like she's she's like a superior court judge in the United States. So there's been several people that's been put in jail. She's sentenced. So you got maybe uh, upset family members or somebody that's coming up on trial that that is definitely gonna. You know, there's there's those things you look at, and then taking a look at Lloyd, the same same uh, scenario situation is he's surrounded with these people that, hey man, if you don't want to go to jail this long, here's what you can I do. can work a deal out with you, but I need you to do this for me. Yeah, I mean, I mean that so makes that, there's total two sense. two other huge components, uh, different looking at what she did for a living and and people that maybe be jealous or upset or angry at her for putting a loved one in jail. Or you got this guy who just runs with criminals, thick as thieves, and uh, somebody didn't want to go to jail for a very long time, and he made a deal with them and and got rid of her. But I still think they were going to drive that car deep into that park. And just didn't and wait they, long and enough. That, well, they hit that thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Either they didn't wait long enough for it to go or all they the way waited down. too long and mm-hmm. it was coming back up. Yeah. And then so then they were in a situation where, well, we're here, this car's leaking oil, we got to get rid of this body. Well, the shallow grave didn't have time to dig a big enough hole because they're afraid the car is going to probably stall out there and not be able to drive it. Uh, I mean, there's, there's that. the other I mean, thing that a, I want to know is was the car ever forensically looked at? That's a great question because they had to haul her body somehow, and I guarantee it was in the fucking trunk. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I just th- this is some of the downfalls when we do cases from other countries. It's just you don't have. And there, that that information may be out there. It may we be. We just can't find it. Yeah. 
And I apologize for, you know, if it's out there and, and I haven't seen it. And that's why I kind of want to do a follow-up episode on this because I feel like we're, we are going to get some some feedback, some good feedback on this episode. And I, I really do think, you know, with Cody being locked down, she's going to help us out a lot. So, but anyway, so we'll, let's get back into the, the case and the trial and the appeal. After three years, Lloyd was charged with murdering his wife, Corn, kind of like Rob had said. And then there was another long wait as one of his clients, Gina Reinhardt, tried to get all details of her work with him suppressed from media coverage of the trial. Gina, what the hell did you two do? Yeah, what does she know? Yeah. There was a lot of wrangling over which of his home and office files were protected by legal privilege. Hmm. Well, anything in his home office, I feel like in the States would have been like off oh, they Well, I, I think it, if it's a murder investigation... I think it supersedes. They can they can subpoena any of that. Now, well, that's true. Yeah, I, I think, think they could take that. any bit any any bit of information. I don't know how he was able to to secure anything where it wasn't made public in a and murder investigation. Eventually, Lloyd got a judge only trial in 2012. Now, I'm going to stop here for people in the states. Look, I know y'all are like you walk through Walmart sometimes and you're like, holy shit, these fucking people are allowed in public. <laughs> well, guess what? Those same fucking people get jury duty. Yeah. Are you really, when the shit hits the fan, and let's say, in this case, Lloyd is 100% innocent, and he's getting railroaded by the cops. Are you going to put your fucking life in the hands of 12 dumbasses? Nope. I'm going, I want a judge-only trial. I want them to give you the evidence. That way, you are professional enough. If I tell y'all this is excluded, I'm not going to take this into consideration. Mm -hmm. I only have to convince one man or woman of my innocence or my guilt. Right. So here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen, and we've said this a hundred times. Don't ever agree to take a polygraph test if the cops ask you to. And second of all, when you are arrested for anything and they start questioning you, the first word and the only word out of your mouth is lawyer. Mm -hmm. Don't give it. There's many people. There's three young men who sat on Two of them set life in prison, and one was on death row in Arkansas because the prosecutor took a knife to an orange and said, it sure does look like him wounds. I mean, there was no evidence those guys made to kill those three mm -hmm. kids. There's plenty of people out there that got railroaded. Do your, Give yourself a fighting chance. Yeah, don't handicap yourself before it even gets started. Mm -hmm. So at least Lloyd was smart in that situation. Now, there was no jury, so... That way, there was no prejudicial news about every part of the story. The judge was Brian Martin, which was brought in from the Northern Territory because everyone in Western Australia legal community knew everyone involved and especially had intimate ties to the Rainies. Now, Judge Martin acquitted Lloyd on charges of willful, willful murder and manslaughter, and he had some very harsh words for the police in the case and seemed unimpressed by the prosecution's argument. The state governor appealed the decision, but the court, this time a three-judge panel of the Supreme Court of New South Wales, upheld Judge Martin's original decision. Then there was more re legal wrangling because police had charged Lloyd with phone tapping earlier but waited until the murder trial was over to proceed with that case in court. He was acquitted of knowingly breaking surveillance laws. So I guess there are some different laws down there. I guess so. 
Then Lloyd turns around and sues the police for defamation over the, quote, prime and only suspect announcement. And one, he didn't get the damages he wanted, though, so that's still kind of ongoing. But the Legal Practice Board of Western Australia canceled his law certificate over the phone tapping incident, and after appeals back and forth, he is currently not practicing law. He's also sued for defamation against a forensic scientist for remarks made at a conference, a publisher over implications made about him in one chapter of a true crime book, and some of Corinne's own family for comments they made to the media on the day he was acquitted of murder. Shit, he's coming after us. He may be. We said allegedly. Allegedly this happened. Yes, allegedly. I I don't like you, Lloyd, for it. I really don't. I don't think you had time. I read Twas the Night Before Christmas to my kids every year, but I don't fucking believe that guy comes down my chimney. No. I'm just reading the story here. I just want to know, if if you listen to this, Lloyd, please contact us and let us know how the hell you sold 18 months in the Caribbean. That's all I want to know. That's the real crime. It's how you... How you, you got that off that. and you stayed married. Yes. How did that share? And you didn't share that. This is easy as committing murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Sorry. All right, so let's get into the other uh Other suspects. whodunits. Um, you're looking at Ivan Eads, a convicted sex offender whose DNA was on a cigarette butt found on the verge of the rainy home. Okay. You got Alan... Laco, I guess, Eid's cousin, also convicted sex offender. Those guys didn't have much. That family um, tree was probably sure. I wonder if they were touching each other. Probably touching tips. Described as one of the most violent offenders in Western Australia. London. On the, day, <laughs> on the day Mrs. Rainey's body was found, Mr. Laco was arrested driving a car with sand in the in sand in the boot. Which is the trunk oh, there. Oh. Uh, and had injuries to his face and hands. His car and clothes were not examined by the Rainey investigation team. Well, I mean, he could have paid these two fuckers to do it. I mean, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't you go get two child molesters? Yeah. I mean, they got zero moral compass. They don't care. And 19 gold bars. Not, I was going to say, all from 19 <laughs> gold bars. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, I did it right now. In 2009, a retired detective traveled across the country to interview Lacko, who has since removed uh, from New South Wales. A search for his home found a map of King's Park, a copy of the layout with a Supreme Court where the uh, Korean worked, a page of a calendar from August 2007 when she was murdered. Lyco maintained the calendar wasn't his, uh, that he once worked at King's Park and had a copy of the court layout because he had, quote, an interest in the building. Lyco also used to sell drugs uh, to the Bentley Community Center uh, where the car was parked, uh, where Korean was last seen. An acquitted claim, the acquaintance claimed Lyco once asked him if he could drive a car for me while I dump a body in Kings Park. <laughs> I and mean, the police, the police, we, like, destroy. Oh, we don't need that ah, information. We don't need that nah, it's just, that's, that's just hearsay. We don't want it. Ah, he's full of shit. He's full of shit. He's high, Ricky. He's high, Ricky. <laughs> and he's looking at kids. Uh, the acquaintance said it was approximately four weeks before Corinne's disappearance. And as they drove towards the city, Lacco turned to Kings Park and said, <laughs> there's a body gonna be in there there's a body gonna be in there uh that's what he said in his statement his acquaintance also uh said later that about corinne's death he knew straight away lacko was responsible and lacko denied any involvement well, in the murder he because he's not gonna say okay y'all got me 
Uh, the brush between the car and the grave showed no indication of the victim having been dragged, so presum- presumably she was carried to her grave. There's a speculation of a sexual motive owing to the victim's shirt being bunched up and her jeans being open, but oddly, there, there was no evidence of her being uh, raped. Uh, they felt. There was no need to investigate it any further. Heaven forbid he raped her and pulled her pants up for her because uh, it was easier for him to carry her with her pants up. There doesn't seem to be enough signif- uh, significance attached to the presence of the victim's purse in the car. It doesn't seem unlikely that the victim would have taken it with her and likely that she planned on returning home after dance. If Rainey himself had killed Corinne, surely they would have wanted all the evidence to support her never having returned at all, which would include that her purse remained at home. If someone else had done it, they had to go into the house, specifically fetch and risk getting caught, fetch the purse and uh, risk getting caught by the kids. While there were bloodstains both in the boot, which is the trunk you just told me, and the rear seat, it's never explained to anyone. So well, there's the answer there's to my the answer. question. They did investigate. They did look in the car. But they didn't do they any did, forensics. They, they didn't do any forensics. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, there seems to be a minimal opportunity for the victim to have been dragged into the car even once, let alone twice. There's no reason to the selection of the formal knowledge of the gravesite and its accessibility to the car, nor the acknowledgement that the grave could have been dug in advance. By the two touchers. <laughs> By the, yeah, the two tip-touching cousins. My suspect would be, number one, violent offenders who live in the area. Touchers. Touchers, cousin tip-touchers. Tip Police questioned known offenders and ruled them out, but it was possible someone was new to that kind of thing. Yeah, obviously. Uh, in support of any idea is that she was sexually, sexually assaulted. If someone was planning to planning that and accidentally killed her, they may have panicked and made stupid decisions. You know, thus the car, the situation with the car. Yeah. Against that theory, uh, theory is to bury the body in Kings Park and try to dispose of the car is pretty elaborate for someone who hadn't meant, meant to kill anyone that night. Alternatively, the police may have ruled out someone more experienced than they should have. Like? Like the two tip-touchers tip cousins. Tip-touching yeah. cousins. Someone with a grudge against her. And that's what we were talking about with her. Earlier, yeah. Earlier, yep. Police did investigate this angle, but didn't come up with much. Someone <clears throat> lying in wait outside of her home and attacking her seems plausible. But when, you know, when they hid the body, they tried to hide it in the car. I mean, it doesn't make sense. A husband or lover... And that's how that's where the police went. They went with the husband, and ninety five percent of the time, that's the first person. Always the person knows. The person usually always knows the person that kills them. And I listened to a podcast about uh, the West Memphis Three, and they were like, you know, in any FBI high profile thing, you start zero focused in on the significant other, and then you work your way out. Mm-hmm. You know, you start with that inner circle. And so that's my thing. They just locked in on him, and they didn't talk, and they just kind of threw away stuff. They didn't let the – I feel like in this situation, and and it may not be true, but I feel like in this situation they kind of zeroed in on him, and they tried to make the evidence fit that situation. They didn't let the evidence kind of carry them. Right. They didn't forensically investigate the car. 
you know, they didn't, it doesn't seem like, now it may not be, but it doesn't seem like there was a rape kit done to see if she there's really no, was. There's no mention of it. Yeah. And so they did question a man Corin had a flirtation with, but ruled him out. They spoke to the women or a woman that Lloyd had an affair with a few years earlier, but when a woman is murdered while she's in the process of leaving her partner, it's very common for the partner to be the killer. Duh. The attack had happened in their front yard. That's what I feel like. I really do think she was attacked right there. Same here. I think she had got home. And they they jumped her when she came home from uh, And the they took her and, car. Yeah. And that, yeah. it's almost one of them, you know, like the panel, the windowless panel van. Yep. There's a van in the neighborhood. They see her. They slide the door open. The guy gets out, knocks her in the tooth, bruises her tongue. Yep, chips her tooth. Dumps her in her own car, turns around and leaves. I know that doesn't really take in consideration the wallet and stuff, but here's here's the way I kind of like rule out the wallet. What if she had planned to go and buy something after she left her line dancing class? Mm-hmm. So she would have taken her wallet then. Right. And again, like we were talking about, like if I fell off the earth and there's a receipt from 2015, they'll be like, well, he was saving a receipt from how 2015. Many, how many times have you left the house without your wallet in your pocket? Oh, shit, I went drinking one night and I was like, my beard's gray. Do you need my ID? Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I'm not going to chance. Yeah, she could have very well just left her left her stuff. Yeah, know? I mean, that's what I don't know, man. Here, I just this is this is what I think. I think that her husband, 100, percent paid commission these two guys, these two cousins, to take care of his dirty work, and they they did attack her when she came home from line dancing, and that very much so attacked her, hit her in the back of the head with. With that tree, drug her, threw her in the trunk of her own car, because there's blood in the car, blood in the back seat, because they probably took the stick they hit her in the head with, threw, threw it. it in the back seat, took her to the Kingsland uh, Park, was going to drive deep into the park, bury the body, hit that stob, which busted the oil. And that's why the grave was shallow. That's why the grave is shallow, because they had to hurry up and get the body as buried as quick as possible and get the car out of there. And then the car stalled out on him because the oil ran out. And then they just ran ran off. Well, see, and Lloyd did have betting accounts that he didn't tell Corn about. And Anne had been secretly recording her conversations with him and other people trying to get her, like you said, so that he could be favorable in the divorce proceedings. Now, I'm not saying the police shouldn't have tried to investigate him. I just think they should have done their due diligence to rule everybody out else out. Like, you could have easily taken the tip twins and figured out their whereabouts. Yeah, and you could have also figured out what ties to any crimes they had committed. Did they ever cross court, paths with court him? records. Yeah. Uh, to see what he was involved in and what, what, what he wasn't involved in. Uh, upcoming proceedings. Anything like that. But I, but I do. I think that he's a catalyst. I think he, he set this whole thing in motion. And he uses those two dullards <laughs> to uh, exactly. to act his crime out, and uh, he fucking got away with it. Well, I, I do like him for this. I really do. I think the timeline makes more sense now that we kind of verbalized it. If a third party's involved, because he doesn't have to leave the house, right? He yeah, just, he didn't have to leave the house at all. So he has the alibi with his younger daughter. He could yep. be. He could have made sure that she was in the back of the house and they were doing something yeah. when he oh, knew. Oh, he knew she what was, time. He knew yeah. what time she was coming home. 
Yeah. The older daughter's not going to be here. No, I don't have to worry about her till 10, 30, 11. And mm-hmm. by then, she's buried and gone. Yeah. Or your mom just went to work early. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. If you're innocent, you don't make that You don't make statement. those assumptions and statements. And then, uh, here's my thing. God forbid something happens to my wife. And I wake up and she's not home. I'm looking for an ashtray. <laughs> you <laughs> are now. Everybody, <laughs> everybody that knows me is looking for an ashtray. <laughs> I wake up and she's not home. First of all, I don't know if I could have fallen asleep. No way. Without, I'll be looking like, for her. There's like 25 missed calls mm-hmm. on her. That's my thing. I've got 20. Her. I called her phone 37 times between the hours of da da da. When my son gets up, I may not tell him the truth, but I'm, I sure as fuck ain't gonna tell him he's go, she's going to work. I'm early. on the phone immediately with the police and anybody and everybody that she's close to. Yeah. Where's she at? She's. I've called her 30 times. Yeah. It's so and so o'clock. She's not home. This is not like her. She um, was going to work. Let's just say thoughts. she was going to work out. Yeah. And she's not home. Well, you know, she's an adult. She has that right. I don't give a shit. Did they state she did come to the dancing class? Though? Yeah, they because did, they, they did said see her there. Somebody at the dance class said that they she had followed her home. That's yeah. my thing. I yeah. think they were waiting on her yeah. there. They stalked her the whole time. And I don't know what, you know, I don't know. It said it was August, so they're in there. They would be in the middle of winter, mm-hmm. so that's why the seed pods would be there. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. I I like that theory. With he probably he may have paid someone, yeah, and it's just not been tied back to him. That's what I think. I think that's what happened. Yeah, I don't. I mean, when you were talking about how fucked up the police were, I mean, I don't know if Western Australian police and people. You know, please help us out if this is the case. But I feel like that's like almost like Arkansas and Louisiana. If you want to kill someone in the United States, go to them two states. Yeah, because it's going to be hard to find any evidence, a body, or anything. Because Jimmy Joe, that was a quarterback back in 73, he's now the sheriff, and he don't know what the fuck he's doing. No. And I feel like that's the... He's getting free donuts and blowjobs. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I just... That'd be a hell of a business. Blowjobs and donuts? Dick's Donuts. If you dicks like and Dicks. Donuts. Oh, wait, wait. You'll love that. Wait, I'm probably not going there. Well, you know who I'm the, out. You know who the hero of the office is, don't you? Yes. He carries two cups of coffee and twelve donuts. <laughs> you know who the heroine is? She can eat the last donut. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. All right. Well, we've kind of just wrapped that whole thing up in a nice, neat little bow. But um, there's got to be more to it. So we need you guys to help us out. There, yeah, there definitely has to be more to it. We just can't find the information. And so we're waiting on bated breath for uh, Cody to get back to us. Anyone in it, in Australia or New Zealand, for some reason, I know that our podcast is three years old, but I just now realize there's comments on, uh, on our... Uh, you can have comments on CastBox and Stitcher. And so I found those today, and like two and three years old. This, all, this podcast is awesome. I'm like... Oh shit! Maybe I should respond to that. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm still a dummy. I'm still looking at trying to find stuff that. Uh, maybe I'm just wishful thinking. We get <laughs> we get good comments or reviews. Well, doing recommendations. My recommendation will be twofold because I know I don't ever hit up Rob and tell him he needs to come up with a recommendation. But I will say, a my one recommendation is research, listen to. Uh, Rob's podcast, Cigar Story Idiots. My second recommendation is look into this case. There's not a lot out there. And like I, I reached out to Cody earlier in the day and was talking to her and she feels like that 
the case doesn't get enough attention in Australia. And so, you know, it's kind of one of those kind of groundswell situations where, you know, if you are in Australia or New Zealand and, and you get enough people talking, maybe, you know, you, you can, can reopen the case. Yeah. Or get on web sleuth. It happens. I, I know there are web sleuth pages. You can create a new web sleuth page and, and just get people talking about this case. And, and surely to God, somebody will. I'm curious to see what the two, the two cousins. That's were, my thing. I want to see what they're doing now. And how their financial situation like the, has changed. Like in the States, I would be, I would have researched these shit out of them mm-hmm. two dumbasses. Yeah. I would have found a rest record. I would have paid the yeah. four ninety five to get To get all rest. that yeah. information, yeah. That's my thing. But no, you don't, it's just, it's are they different. Are they living a little better than they normally do? That's my That's thing. That's what I'd like to know. Yeah. Was there a upcoming situation where they were on probation and they're now off? Did or? somebody get a, brand, a, a used purple PT Cruiser with, with flames. flames on it? Tinted windows. Tinted windows. Blaring some uh, <laughs> minute work. Super loud. <laughs> no shit. When I, look. I'm going to die. I when got I, choked. Look, when I, when I interviewed Jason Ellis, we did a, uh, it's, one's got to stay, one's got to go, you know, like round uh, rapid fire questions. And I was like, one's got to stay, one's got to go. Midnight oil or silver chair. He's like, yeah, midnight oil, definitely. <laughs> I'm like, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. Oh, that's awesome. Out where the river broke. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the case of Corin Rainey and her husband Lloyd, who allegedly has something to do with it. But Please don't sue us. Yeah, please don't, because we don't have any money. But come over here and get you some. Get you some. You if, if you spent 18 months in the crib and you come on down you to come Georgia. come on down to Georgia. Come down to 408 Broad Street. Yeah. <laughs> I got a place for you in the back. Hopefully, people will enjoy this. Let us know. Give us some feedback. Uh, reach out to Rob. He's at Cigar Store Idiots um, Podcast. He's at CSI. CS Idiots Podcast on social medias. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram won't allow us to say cigar because they don't believe in uh, the use or the sale of tobacco products. But you can buy Child. teenage girls, no, preteen lingerie on Wish, which they advertise on Facebook. Fucking morons. Idiots. Idiots. Again, our hearts and um, prayers go out to the people of Australia and New Zealand in the current lockdown situation. Keep fighting a good fight, people. That's right. Fight the good fight. Make your own bows and arrows. I know y'all gave up the guns a long time ago, but hey, there's other ways to get things done. And I know didgeridoos are huge, so you can beat the fuck out of somebody with one of those and then, like, you know, blow it in their face after it's all over with. No. Just go get the Australian rules football team. Go get the go get the All Blacks yeah. and handle your shit. Exactly. Hit the wild haka in the middle of the That's street. Right. Y'all do the haka in the middle of the street. We may do a haka here. I'm on a hawker in my toilet because <laughs> I chick fil sandwich is getting some revenge. She's burbling. <laughs> well, man, I appreciate you helping yeah, me out again. Thank you. I enjoy it. I do too, man. Y'all have a wonderful Labor Day weekend coming up and uh, deuces. Later. <laughs>